everyone. Before last year's Halloween show, I warned you not to let your children watch. But you did anyway. Hmm. Well, this year's episode is even worse. It's scarier, more violent, and I think they snuck in some bad language, too. Fuck so yeah, we please, did. Please, tuck in your children and... <laughs> well, if you didn't listen to me last time, you're not going to now. Enjoy the show. That's right, everybody. Enjoy the show. It is the Comic Book Dungeon Podcast. And who loves you? And who do you love? It's the Comic Book Dungeon Podcast, and we are back. So, hide your kids, hide your wife, and hide your husband. Yes, hide your kids, hide your wife, and hide your husbands, because we are back. This is Mark, and I am Manic, and I am coming to you from deep underground in the Comic Book Dungeon. And this is Cruz, and I am absolutely passive, and I'm coming to you from the comic book kitchen. Man, it's good to be back, and it's good to be back recording in our normal locations, man. Oh, yes, absolutely. Do you know when the last time we fucking recorded was? Uh, I'm thinking, was it like, uh, I, I want to say, shit, man, April of 2019? January 5th. Oh my fucking god, you're kidding me. Yeah, had to dust off the equipment. I uh, It's been fun for me, because we had this huge backlog. We had five episodes, some of them going back to the previous summer, that, uh, we, uh, that I had just let stack up. So it's been fun for me to re-listen, but yeah, that last episode... I was in, uh, I was upstairs because we were tearing apart the the dungeon here. So, I mean, I had forgotten about that completely. <laughs> I mean, a lot of shit has happened since we last recorded. You have been out here to the comic book dungeon twice since then. Yes, I, I have actually gotten to, to walk down into, live in, breathe, see, and fart in the comic book dungeon. This is true. My wife got to... Well, she'd met you before, but yeah, she's quite enamored with you. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think she's a swell person as well. I'll let her know that you said that. Man, I, I, I think we've all uh, gone through a lot of changes since then. I've uh, gone through one job since then. I've uh, lost almost 40 pounds since then. Uh, my hatred of humanity has increased since then. Uh, what about you? Uh, I think I've gone through two jobs. I, I think I lost 15 pounds and gained back five of them. Uh, what else? Uh, yeah, that's that's about it. Oh, yeah, my hatred of humanity has exponentially increased so long as you support Trump. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be the Comic Book Dungeon podcast if we didn't talk about politics. Which is, exactly. Which is, Impeach. <laughs> It'll be exciting if this sits on the cutting room floor for six months, if we come back to it and be like, oh, yeah, it's right before they uh, impeach Trump. Or, oh, yeah, how naive they were. He's on his third term. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. If he's on his third term, that means we're probably dead. <laughs> I was uh, thinking about you earlier tonight. I knocked out like three episodes or three issues of Runaway in a row. And because I know what a big fan you were of the comics and the TV show, it made me think of you. Aw. Uh, yeah, I, I thought about you as I, as I did the only reading with pictures in it uh, that I've probably done in the last couple of weeks. And uh, as I was reading my awesome new book called If You Give a Pig the White House. 
<laughs> you sent me a picture of that. That was awesome. <laughs> uh, I gave it to my kids. I'm sure your wife uh, was a big fan of that. Oh, no. The kids hid it from her. <laughs> they, they, uh, the twins, who are 12 now uh, and who are far more politically savvy than I was at that tender age, uh, saw it, looked at it, and said, oh, this shit is awesome, Dad. Read it, and they said, where are we going to hide it so Mom doesn't see? <laughs> you got to be careful. In my experience, kids will burn you every time. Uh, when it comes to um, when it comes to the more taboo uh, parent kid subjects like uh, being honest about your own past and your opinions, they generally tend to side way more with me because I'm a little more upfront with them. Oh, I, I didn't mean they'd sell you out. It's kids kind of like me are impulsive, and sometimes it's just things slip out or they don't hide things the way they should. Oh yeah, uh, that that is absolutely true. Um but yeah, they actually hit it really well. Nice. Hey, it's Shadow. Yep, special guest star Shadow. Yeah, and I have since we last talked, I've read a lot of comics. I've read Marvel, DC. I've been reading. I had this huge just trove of Batwoman that I started in like 2011. That I've been burning through some '90s Nightwing on the DC side. Um, the Legion of Superheroes is coming back next month, so I might start uh, uh, take a look at that. Uh, I was really behind Marvel. I got caught up in Marvel. I'm a little bit behind now, but I'm burning my way back through. Uh, if you guys like good comics, man, Marvel's got some good shit right now. Uh, Punisher right now is fucking amazing. That's a Mark pick of the week. Uh, Fantastic Four, and they have a Black Cat title, which I never would have believed we'd get a, like, a, why would we have a Black t Cat title? It's pretty good. I uh, suggest people check that out. Doom has a new title. I haven't had a chance to read it yet. I just picked it up. It looks fucking good. So yeah, some good stuff. Some good comic stuff. Nice. Nice. I, let's see. Um, I think since we last uh, aired... And recorded. Uh, I probably have. Uh, I finished Hush. Okay. Which, uh, you know, for all the hype, it. I gotta say, I as much as I enjoy seeing the the, the regular Rogues Gallery all working together, whether they knew, you know, it, whether they were compelled to or not. Um. I actually felt a little bit let down. What year is Hush from? Oof, man, I'd have to dig that up. Uh, I'm gonna guess early aughts, or, or you know, that, maybe what, mid aughts. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, sometimes it's hard to go back. Even, even. I mean, that doesn't seem that long ago. Um, I've been exploring a little bit of that uh, time period in Marvel. And man, some of that, I mean, the 90s were rough, so that early 2000s is kind of like the renaissance, in my mind, where Marvel kind of, it gets readable again, but compared to like what we're used to as modern readers, it's the same thing you see with other media, I think, like TV, you know, it's what we, our expectations now as a, uh, an audience is completely different than what it was like 15 years ago. 
Yeah. I, it's There's so many stories that I can remember I wanted to read from, say, 15 or 20 years ago, but they're almost impossible to get into back. In, it's just because it's as an audience, we've evolved. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I am finding I'm still I'm still kind of going through uh, White Knight and that one has been uh, pretty fun so far. OK. Um friend of the show Schneider Baby, he's been super obsessed with the uh, current uh, Incredible Hulk. Not Incredible Hulk, uh, uh, Immortal Hulk series, which is pretty good. It's like a horror aspect or a horror uh, telling of the Hulk. It's really good. Nice. Nice. Very freaking awesome. Yeah. Oh, talking about friends of the show, we got a lot of house cleaning I think we got to catch up on. New friend of the show, I just want to uh, throw a thank you out to Jim Hall. Uh, he's a guy I know from the dog park who uh, has been giving me a lot of good advice on the podcast in terms of how to publicize it and just how to make connections. And he uh, uh, last week he gave me some uh, some free comics. He gave me some of the new Marvel uh, Savage Sora Conan, which I really appreciate. So I just wanted to say thanks, Jim. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Um. <laughs> Some other housekeeping is we were running a contest on the podcast where I had two stories that uh, <laughs> our audience was going to vote on. The Mark shitting his pants or the Mark's proctology exam story. Or if we got enough votes, we were going to tell both of them. So uh, the contest ended October 5th. And remember, if we had enough votes, I was going to tell a story. So here we go. Sorry, we didn't get enough votes, so those stories are staying in the vault. Sorry, guys. Should have voted. <laughs> Can I say? I was really eager to tell them on the story, because every time I tell that shit story, man, people laugh. <laughs> and it's, it's a tragedy, it's a comedy, there's betrayals in it. I mean, it is a, it is a story for the ages, and uh, you guys missed out. Ugh, unbelievable. Um, I know this is the uh, scarifying ha- uh, Halloween spectacular. Just wanted to do a little bit of catching up on Killraven. It's been fun because even though we haven't read a Killraven issue in like nine months, listening to those issues again, it's all like fresh in my mind. But I was super surprised. Marvel had an uh, Infinity, uh, Infinity event last year. Uh, where they kind of relaunched the uh, Infinity Gems in the Marvel Universe. Because, of course, they had to have the colors match what's in the movies, so all the colors are different to what they were in the... Anyway, the event was... It it was okay. It was just kind of like Civil War II. At the end of it, you're like, this really didn't need to happen. But spoilers, if anybody... Mild spoilers for anybody who hasn't read it and is going to go back. Uh, Instead of killing half the universe, they folded the universe so uh there were they were joining people together so like there was this several books going on for a time it was like spider-man and moon knight were one person wolverine and uh the white uh, queen were one person so anyway i was reading the black panther ghost rider mashup and do you know who had uh an appearance kill raven kill raven and mashula were, were Kill Raven and Mishula merged? Uh, they were not. It was Kill Raven and then the Black Panther villain uh, Killmonger were merged. 
And so it was him and his buddy, uh, Mashula. They were in the, uh, in the book. I was wait, very wait, surprised. Wait, wait, Kill Raven and Killmonger were merged together? Yes. Wow. It was very shoehorned in, but they needed a Black Panther villain t- to combine with somebody, and those names just went together very well. But I was, uh, again, I don't think we've seen him mentioned in uh, the Marvel Comics mainstream line since 2013 in the Invaders run. So that was kind of cool. Killmonger. If I ever did a, a Marvel comic where I would try to bring Mint Julep into the mainstream Marvel universe, that would be that would be part of the book. But I digress. Mm, no, no, no. Oh, okay, yeah, Mint Julep was pretty badass. Uh, what was the fire chick's name? Um, it escapes me. Oh, I... yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to insert that. Uh... Volcana. Volcanic Volcana, Ash. Volcanic Ash. There you go. <laughs> Volcanic Ash. She would be awesome to kind of kick in there. I, I would uh, add her as well. Mashula. If we're going for care, uh, if we're bringing multiple in, I think I would do a Mashula, Volcanic Ash, and uh, 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 Old Mint Skull. <laughs> <laughs> the 24 Hour Man. Oh god! Oh man, that was a fun one to edit because we hated it so fucking much. Uh, yeah, but it was, you know, in re-listening to it, you know, we both walked away appreciating it a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, we didn't appreciate it all at first, so it was a low bar. But yeah, it was it was a fun episode to listen to. But yeah, I just I'd forgotten how much we had hated it. <laughs> that re-listening to the. Uh, Kill Raven versus uh, uh, Camilla Frost over the killing the uh, Martian oh, babies yeah. was a fun one. Oh yeah, man! Uh, walk down memory lane where killing babies occurred. So yeah, we uh, well, in terms of Kill Raven, I mean, I'm I'm excited. We have three issues of Kill Raven left before we're done with that series, and that's not the end of the story of Kill Raven. He had a graphic novel from the 80s, and then they did a 2000s series, which it was pretty clear that that wasn't the same Kill Raven, that it was a different Earth in the multiverse. But then they actually finished the Kill Raven story in, uh, of all places, Marvel Zombies. So it's something huh. we might pick up those issues later on, but what are we doing when Kill Raven's over? Star Trek. Star Trek, and I have I bought the floppies. I had a couple of them, but I, I I finished the rest of the set, so I have them sitting here. You can hear the bag crinkling. I'm so excited because yeah, we're doing the Marvel <laughs> Star Trek the Motion Picture comics. So yes, and this is actually very timely. <clears throat> it worked out well that we had our little unscheduled hiatus because uh, we're going to get probably get to it around the beginning of december more or less that's a it was 40 years ago december that star trek the motion picture had hit theaters it was 1979 wow oh shadow concurs and because of that i was worried we wouldn't get a uh theatrical re-release but they did one back in september and i made my wife go and watch all two hours of star trek the motion picture nice and I, I kept elbowing her during the, how do you def- define unwarranted? This is how I define unwarranted. <laughs> she, uh, she actually liked the movie, but she, uh, she, had wanted, she wanted to know, like, were, 
at that time were all the editors in Hollywood on strike? Did they not have editors? What was going on? Because she thought the uh, the movie was an hour too long, which I thought that was a little bit harsh. I don't think you could cut an hour out of that movie, but I mean, they literally fly around the Enterprise when they first see it for like twelve minutes. So yeah, yeah. you could it it you the, you you could you could cut some of the uh, the fat there, but I I love it. Yeah. Uh, so I think Shadow is bound and determined to be uh, a guest tonight. It's okay. He's adding to the ambiance. Yeah. Well, she she has a. I, I've got new neighbors, and the new neighbors have different dogs than the ones that live next door to me. Yeah. And the different dogs are fucking assholes. And Shadow doesn't like them either. And she makes this known all night long. Dogs are good at that. Yeah. So I don't know if you can you can pick her up right now, but I can. I can hear her. Uh, I can't. And. Good. Uh, seen any blips on the recording so all right good i just want to make sure while she's outside howling at him it's not interrupting too much um any other housekeeping that we want to uh catch up on oh no i think i think i think we're good all right i I think we're caught i mean it's been nine months so i mean you know the podcast could have freaking gotten knocked up and birthed another one without my knowing. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, I don't think this is going to happen again. Or if it does, if we go away, I think we'll do a better job of uh, letting people know. But I mean, I, I tried to show my commitment to the podcast that we were in a better place. We've every other Monday we have been consistent. The time has fluctuated a little bit on Monday, but come on, fuck you. Um, <laughs> But no, Monday is going to be our regularly release every other Monday. With the new recording equipment I got before our hiatus, it makes editing this. It takes it down from like four hours to like maybe two. Uh, it's a lot easier. Uh, I got kind of a routine down with it, so we will not go away. Um, I've talked to some people who actually might be interested in uh, uh, maybe some returning guests from the past coming back. I don't want to say too much. And we need to discuss, because this is our, we have two traditions every year. We have the scarifying Halloween special, and we have uh, Punish Sember. So we have to talk about if that's, if we're going to do, I, I assume we're going to do Punish Sember. And I believe we, that's right. And what we're going to do. We might make it a little bit more lean than we have in previous years, and you know maybe only one or two issues, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'm just yeah. so excited to get into uh, Star Trek. Uh, you know what? I'm I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Have you read any of these issues? I've I've not read a one as of yet. <laughs> I uh, I read like I said I read a few of these back uh, several years ago, and uh, we'll see if your enthusiasm holds. <laughs> the one story arc that I remember uh, is the they find a haunted house in space. Nice. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, it goes along well with the freaking, uh, what was it, the uh, 1920s era casino they found in space at one point? Oh, the next-gen Casino Royale? Yes, yes. Which had made my uh, my top ten list mm-hmm. when yesterday's Enterprise uh, hadn't. <sighs> Eat a bag of dicks. Yeah, you. Uh, that's exactly what she said that day. I've been listening a lot to Mission Log, which is a great Star Trek podcast, and today they went over their top five list, and uh, both guys on it, 
the majority of their episodes were season one, season two. Which I was really? Yeah, I was surprised about. I'm genuinely surprised about that because those were some rocky seasons. Yeah, I mean, a lot of their uh, honorable mentions and they thought were like must uh, must watch were, uh, y- you know, like the a lot of our picks or our honorable mentions. But yeah, they the reason they did early, it's because a lot of the stuff that they thought was truly indicative of Star Trek or the first time you saw it on Next Gen was a season one or season two. So they, I can yeah. see why they chose the way they uh, they did. We uh, we did things a little bit different, but that's, that's yeah. okay. Man, I can't believe we're back. Oh, back in black. I, I know. And uh, yeah, I, I think we get a lot of listeners who don't necessarily stick around for the other issues, but they're uh, like the Simpsons fans. So I'm sure they're uh, hitting fast forward on their uh, Zooms and their iPods right now. Trying <laughs> to... <laughs> you said Zoom. <laughs> uh, Is that not your, how you listen to your MP3s? Oh man, I actually used to have a Zune, and it has been long since dead. Yeah, that uh, that was a mistake. That was a big mistake. That, that was one of those things on paper. You're like, man, this is going to be the superior form of uh, technology, and sometimes, mm-hmm. yeah, just we're the evidence there. The uh, the the data says that we're all going to go left. We go right instead. Yep. 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 Who knew going with the lowest common denominator would always work more. <laughs> Do we uh, do we want to jump into this? Let's do it. Man, I cannot believe we're back. <laughs> I mean, to listeners, it feels like we've been back for multiple episodes. But again, I mean, uh, if you read the show notes, I mean, you've been listening to stuff all the way back to like June of 2018 to this progression. I mean, this is it's been nine months, like you said. There's been a a whole baby could have been born since we recorded. Oh, oh man. Ah, yeah, yeah, and this is definitely, uh, you know, it's a good one to come back to, because in the two years we've we've been going at this, we have consistently at least managed to get the Halloween one out. Yeah, it's it's funny, because the the, uh, last episode we had published before the hiatus was our Halloween one, so I mean, we, uh, from Halloween 2018 to Halloween 2019, there's only like five episodes in between. Yeah, well. It's okay. We got a lot planned for uh, this next year, though. We have Star Trek on the horizon. Uh, again, Punish Sember. Mm-hmm. Uh, we uh, discussed after Star Trek, we are going to do uh, Godzilla. And uh, we have Godzilla. a plethora of other uh, options that we are going to look at. And the good news is a lot of those lesser-known titles that we were talking about covering... Marvel's been kicking ass at upload or at updating Marvel Unlimited, and a lot of that they've been adding a lot of that weird '70s stuff that a lot of people hadn't heard of. Man, Marvel Unlimited—they have like twenty-five thousand digital Marvel comics now. Nice. Yeah. So a lot of the stuff that we had talked about, uh, Deathlock, um, the Franken uh, Frankenstein Vampire Tales, Tomb of Dracula—all that shit is on there. So I'm real excited. Makes it a lot easier for people to follow along with us. And, and let us not forget the, there's the uh, potential, uh, what did we say, top 10 uh, original series? What's that? Yeah, uh, weren't we talking about doing a, a top 10 of the Star Trek original series? Uh? Yes, yes, we were. 
I, I thought that would be fun. Or uh, since we did our top ten favorite next gen, our top ten least favorite. Ooh. You could even twist my arm and doing like, because I know you're a big Voyager guy. Um, like top ten Voyager episodes. Ooh. I think we yeah, would. That sounds good. I think we would have some. I, I, I bet we'd hit the same number one. Or for, for Voyager, yeah. Or close, because I'm thinking for my number one or close to that would be Message in a Bottle. Oh yeah, uh, I'm gonna have to say that's that's. Uh, I'd have to watch a couple before I could commit to a, a number one for me. Yeah, I, I, uh, I. In all fairness, since I've never really watched the last like season of Voyager. I might. I. I guess I would have to go back and uh, finish the series, but uh, I mean, I watched the last episode just so I could get closure. But there's a there's like a year and a half where I just I said I'm done. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I think I freaking blew through all of those, and I I promptly freaking wiped my memory of them. Have you watched any Discovery? Um, no, I didn't watch any Discovery. I. Th- I think I, I kind of got about four episodes into Enterprise, and I kind of petered out a little bit, but I, I really haven't been watching a bunch of shit lately. The key to enjoying Enterprise is watch, uh, watch the first season of Discovery, then try to watch Enterprise, and that's, yeah, I, I was really fighting with Enterprise, and then after watching Discovery, I'm like, man, this, is, this isn't that bad. <laughs> I'm not trying to be mean, but yeah, that's exactly because it's it's not great Star Trek, but it's Star Trek, and I mean, I, I could do a whole half hour on what are the issues with uh, uh Discovery. I mean, it's got some good stuff on there. It's just it's it's not an ensemble uh, show. It's centered on a on one specific character and. It, it it's the show makes her like Kirk like cute like the entire universe that that universe it, it 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 it's it's all focused and centered around one character and I just you spent the first season making that an unsympathetic character so it's hard to make that your centerpiece I mean there's characters on on there who literally had maybe two lines the entire second season. It just doesn't feel like Star Trek. I think you need to have an A plot and a B plot and in, hmm. involve those secondary characters a little bit more, get their stories out there. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to dive down that rabbit hole. Have you watched Orville? I've, I've not watched it since the first three episodes, which I watched over a year ago. Oh. I, I was, It was funny, and I was enjoying it, and I was kind of – planning on bouncing back to it um while i was uh, working on the road but then apparently my uh how, how should i say this antiquated ipad 2 uh, would no longer support hulu or hulu would no longer support it so that kind of cut my viewing options down that happened with me in marvel unlimited on my old tablet yeah, so I was I was a little bummed out by that. I, I think you would like Orville. I mean, they they got some of the same people from Next Gen. 
uh, they, you could tell, I mean, it, it is a, it is a love letter to Star Trek, the next generation. It's a funny yeah. love letter. I mean, they, the way they shot it, the way they wrote it again, you can tell they got some of the, the crew to, uh, to assist with, it is. <laughs> I mean, it is very much, I mean, I've seen a lot of comments online, the, this isn't really a pastiche. This is just you outright copying next gen. I, I don't necessarily agree with that, but I mean, it is very much, you could tell Seth MacFarlane, he's like, I want to, I want to do a funny next Star Trek, the next generation. And he did it. Hmm. So good stuff, man. It's just like old times. We have, uh, meandered around on all sorts oh, of yeah. topics. Of course. Yeah. If you wanted a podcast that goes straight from point A to point B, this is not it. We're gonna we're gonna meander around and take our sweet ass time about it. But once we finally kind of get the you know kick the tires and get in and crank the freaking engine over, yeah, we'll 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 run straight through it. We uh we've had a couple more reviews on iTunes. Uh, not like people people just leaving five stars. Not people actually like writing like this is amazing or I hate these guys. But yeah, we've got I think five reviews now. So let's keep those reviews coming. And uh, email us back, comicbookdungeonpodcast at gmail.com. Awesome sauce. Yeah. All right. So let us kick it off. So this is Bart Simpson's Treehouse of Horror from Bongo Comics. Uh, It's got a cover price of $2.50. This is the third issue. And I learned that it lied to us in the on the on the front page or on the yeah the first page it says it was 1999. I believe our copy was a reprint. This is a this was originally published in 1997. Rightiosa. The cover also lied about a lot of things. <laughs> um, what was your impression of the cover? Well. I... <laughs> When I asked which one it was, and, and, and you, you gave me the, the brief summary, basically, of what it was parodying, uh, I, I, I downloaded it, and I took a look at it, and I was like, no, this is not that. <laughs> yes, this has nothing to do with the story inside. Yeah, the cover has absolutely nothing to do with the story inside. It's a great cover, mind you. I love this cover. But it bears no relationship with the story content within. Absolutely not. But it is a, a great cover. It's got the family on the couch, and they're all zombified. And uh, my favorite is that Maggie is just decapitated with her head uh, sitting on the carpet next to her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I drew special attention to Bart's eyeball hanging like below his neckline, yeah. suspended for, by an optic nerve. He really looks like the only family member emoting, and he does not look happy. Well, no, the rest of him look dead. Yes, completely dead. Yeah. There's a lot of skin missing. We see a lot of bone. We see a lot of skull. Santa's little helper is walking through, and Maggie's petting his bare skull, and we see something is alive in his ribcage. Yeah, but the cat came out unscathed. Yes, I, I like that. That the uh, the like the focus is uh, the cat is sleeping on the uh, um, snowball is sitting on the back of the couch sleeping and is completely fine. Is completely oblivious to the uh, zombies. I really love the half of Marge's face is gone. <laughs> half of Marge's face is gone. Uh, pretty much. Uh, 
Lisa's lower torso is completely missing. Yeah, I'd say of, of all of them, she got it the worst. Yeah. And Homer is, you know, he's, he needs a hand. The the green tongues uh, were an interesting choice, but yeah, I thought it was all uh, all really good. All, all the characters are spot on, too. You could tell that they took a special attention to... Uh, to the look and for the most part there's a couple there's a couple times in the book where they looked a little bit off model but uh i mean this cover is spot on this could have been on the show yeah yeah i i agree with you there and uh this happy issue was written by evan milk and cheese dorkin and he is a uh a bit of a famous comic book writer he's written several uh several things that have a bit of a following so this was a good get for them, and I think this is why this is a uh, better issue than we've uh, covered the last two years. Right, right. Yeah. So, on to page one? On to page one. Ooh. We open on the Springfoot, uh, Springfield Mental Hospital and Lunatic Asylum, and we have two officers are dragging Homer Simpson to the, uh, to the insane asylum. Good opening. That's a great opening. You know, you've got the storm, you know, kind of foreshadowing some dramatic events. Uh, uh, basically, Homer's imploring them to freaking listen to him. And they're just going about their merry business, dragging him in. Yep, they're, uh, they ha- they're implying that he's just insane. We don't need to listen to you. And when we, they, they bring him into the hospital... Um, they're going through the cliched patient's wing and they're dragging a guy <laughs> dressed as Napoleon to the Napoleon wing. So yeah, uh, uh, kind of making fun of those cliches. And I like that in, uh, one of the, uh, one of the rooms we see, uh, Sideshow Bob. Mm-hmm. I do enjoy the guy with multiple personalities. Uh, there's a little note on his door that says, staff, make sure that, uh, multiple personalities, uh, Patients only get one meal, and you can see that that was not paid attention to because he's got, like, 20 plates in front of yeah. him. Yeah. And uh, we see them drag uh, drag Homer past the Charlton Heston Messiah Complex <laughs> wing. <Yes. laughs> I love that. <laughs> yes, I, I did enjoy that. Oh, yeah, it drags him past that and uh, plops him in front of, uh, what's his name, Dr. Uh, Marvin Monroe. Marvin Monroe. I do like the little freaking peanuts uh, Easter egg. Yes, I was thinking that when I saw, there's a little sign on his desk that says the shrink is in. Um, uh, there's so many little Easter eggs all over the place in this one. Yes, they did a good job uh, putting a lot of little things in. So uh, Dr. Marvin Monroe is going to assess Homer and uh, how uh, insane he is while Homer's trying to explain that... Uh, the world is uh, being taken over by aliens, but no one's going to believe him. Uh, what's fun is in the background, we see Leon Kapowski in a panel. He was the guy played by Michael Jackson in, an, uh, I think that was season two. And he's wearing <laughs> yeah. the pink shirt that Homer was wearing that got Homer thrown in the, uh, the insane asylum. So that was a nice little callback. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, on the previous panel, you've got you've got all this stuff going on in the background. That's great. You really got to kind of look and pay attention to it. Like uh, uh, 
by uh, Dr. Monroe's desk, there's a, a rack with all these like giant butterfly nets that says no homicidal maniac escapees in the last 46 days. Yes. So they're just going to immediately lobotomize Homer and they start, but uh, Dr. Monroe stops them because his paperwork isn't done yet. So <laughs> Homer takes this opportunity to uh, do a flashback sequence. Yes. So that's where we get the opening splash page and we get the title of the story, The Immigration of the Body Snatchers. <laughs> and, however, before we get to the right story, it flashes Homer back to uh, a dark and stormy night somewhere in eastern Romania. I'm not 100% sure, but I believe that this is a reference to Bram Stoker's Dracula. And there, you are correct. Yes, yeah, so that's supposed to be Jonathan Harker. Yep. Yeah, I... Uh, like I said, I'm because I know the the beginning of that book takes place. It's him in a carriage ride to uh, Dracula's castle through Eastern Romania. So again, it's not implicitly stated, but yeah, I, I'm glad we we both drew that same conclusion. That seems to be where it's going. Yeah, uh, he corrects himself, and he's <laughs> it starts with. Uh, uh, this odd confluence of events of watching a combination homebrew show and illegal street fighting competition. Yes, that sounds uh, that sounds uh, incredibly fun. But uh, <laughs> Homer, when he uh, he he gets to the city and he's uh, going through the toll booth, he realizes that he forgot his t- or he's going to he's going trying to get into the show. He realizes he doesn't have the tickets and that the show was last week. So he he kind of fucked that up. As is what Homer does. So, so we, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I get you to the the big splash page with the title, which I like how they did the credits. Yes. Uh, they've got um, you know a giant alien over Springfield, and you have uh, many of the characters, which I'm sure you know more of them more than I do. I mean, I think the only one I know by sight is Willie, and uh, the bus driver. I forgot his name. Uh, Otto. We got lunch Otto. lady Doris and uh, Hans Molman. And their uh, their eyes are uh, derpy. Yeah, kind of uh, facing outward in two different directions, and that's kind of how we. That's the implied through the issue that those people are uh, are the uh, have been uh, body snatched. I They've really immigrated. <laughs> yeah, I really love that alien who is kind of hovering above this, the the town. That's a great drawing. It is, and it's sadly like the only picture you have of these aliens. Yeah, I mean, the body snatchers in all the movies, I mean, they just look like everybody else. But yeah, Homer, he doesn't notice anything weird until uh, on the next page, he almost runs over Kearney, and Kearney is yelling that he needs help, that the his dad isn't really his dad, and he knows this because he hasn't beaten him yet today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was like, okay, so by the time we get to page, what, five, we're, we're already into child abuse. Yes. So Homer, he pays uh, no attention to this. He says, don't worry, son, I'm sure he'll beat you soon enough. And so the <laughs> Kearney's dad drags him back in the house and tries to get him to take a, take a nap. Where does Homer go? He's hungry, so his first stop is the Quickie Mart. Yes, because oh, Homer runs on death and... Pink icing donut. Yes. 
So he's uh, buying some food, uh, some snack food from Apu. Apu uh, mentions how the town has been quiet, to almost too quiet. And uh, we see that he's installed in the back of the <laughs> store. He's filled a dumpster up with uh, like a ball pit. And yes. he's made, I love, he calls this, it's a, uh, like a human habit trail. Or it's Basically. a tiny tyke habit trail is what he calls it. But he won't let Helmer go through it. So he has these pipes going up like two stories to the roof, like a play structure. But since Homer's too fat, uh, he's not allowed uh, to use it. So Homer goes uh, a bit a- angry and he heads home. I-, I would too if I could use a little habit trail. Those things are fun. Yeah, it looked pretty fun. Bet it smells like farts inside there, though. I bet it smells much worse. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he goes home and, uh, you know, the the kids are looking all sullen upon the couch. And uh, apparently they're having the same experience where everything's just off and it's too quiet. Yeah, nobody wants to play and that the town is too quiet. So, yeah, they're going to go take a nap. Boom, boom, boom. Seems to be napping is bad. Yeah. And we'll uh, we'll get into why here a little bit on the next page. So Homer, uh, he gets a call that it's an emergency, and this person wants to have him or wants Homer to come right over. So what does Homer do? He just lays on the couch and gorges himself uh, and takes some uh, takes some time before heading over. To, it was Barney who called, so he takes his sweet ass time going over there. Then he heads to uh, Barney's house. Right and. Once he gets to Barney's place, Barney takes him in the backyard to show him something. And, uh, yeah, Barney's backyard is awesome. It's uh, <laughs> basically a giant scrap recycling yard filled with nothing but beer cans. You got beer cans, <clears throat> a tire, looks like some car parts. Yeah, some some car parts. And Is that an old lawn chair? I don't it is know. an old lawn chair. But, uh, yeah, basically Barney... Uh, got drunk and passed out back there and woke up next to this pod that looked remarkably like him. Yeah, it's a green pod that looks just like him, but except for this one has some bite marks taken out of it. (laughs) I I didn't figure Barney as uh, someone that would randomly eat any sort of a vegetable, but I guess he did. Maybe he has pica. Maybe. But, uh... This actually might be my, my favorite joke of the, the whole issue. But, uh, so he says, I was hungry, so I thought I'd try it. And Homer wants to know how it tasted. And <laughs> Barney says, kind of familiar. Because it literally <laughs> just looks like a green Barney, like, wrapped in uh, some, uh, like, grape leaves. Pretty much. So Homer figures it out by uh, that, that this is some sort of pod person that's uh, part of an invasion from space. So his plan is they're just going to run around town yelling at uh, people, asking if they're pod people, until they meet a pod person who can tell them what the diabolical plan is. And as one would expect, this plan does not work incredibly well. Well, (laughs) he's just running down the, the street, flailing his arms, screaming, asking if anybody's a pod person, while Barney's behind him eating his pod person. Uh, yeah, he's he's eating himself. Yes. Is that is that cannibalism or is it like auto cannibalism? I I don't know. I wouldn't say that he, it's necessarily cannibalism. It was 
what it almost reminds me of is, I forget who, uh, it was a girl or something I was dating, but she, there was like a Bridezilla show that used to be on some, some network, and there's this, this bride had uh, made this, uh, the cake maker, make a life-size cake of her, like, that, that looked just like her in her wedding dress, which is super bizarre. And then she started randomly eating it? She didn't start randomly eating it, but, you know, she took, like, a slice or something out of her head and ate it at, like, the wedding. I mean, there's some uh, interesting pathology there. Yeah. That's a little fucking twisted. It's a little weird. But, yeah. So Smithers is mad. He doesn't know what that's supposed to mean. Mrs. Krabappel almost maces them. And there's a random French guy that I love. He's got, like, the uh, a book by Jerry Lewis. So playing heavily into some French stereotypes. Yep, and he's being very French. So it, uh, they eventually meet Luigi, who has been, uh, who is a pod person, and he's very helpful. He explains the whole plot where pods go from planet to planet, spreading and taking over, and in his words, spread uh, sterility and tranquility throughout the universe. Mmm, sterile and tranquil. Sounds good. And uh, there's kind of a 90s joke, and he's like, is that, Homer asks if that's it? Well, so there's some other stuff like Amway and the Family Channel uh, involved, too. <laughs> Bit of a 90s joke. Oh, God, I remember when I was in high school, my neighbor was uh, one of those Amway people. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if that's still a thing. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't had anyone try to sell me any Amway products in the last decade or so, so I'm guessing not. Because, <laughs> I mean, that was a big punchline in the, the 90s. Oh man, yeah, like the Avon lady. Exactly. That's exactly. Yeah. Good. Good. Well, comparison. now nowadays it's pleasure parties though. That I just is said, true. I just said nowadays. I'm so fucking old. <laughs> well, I was thinking about it today. This is a place that's uh, I pulled some audio from like a mid 2000s uh, like internet meme, and this is a home of like dad jokes. So that's okay. We can date ourselves on this show. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, so the, so Luigi's showing him everything, and uh, uh, Homer's kind of trying to get the hell out of Dodge, but as he goes to grab Barney, uh, Barney's uh, kind of telling him he's wrong. It's nice to be a pod person. It, it, Barney says he fell asleep during all that exposition, and that uh, you know he's a pod person, and you see a big like bite mark out of his arm for when. The original Barney was eating his pod. And man, okay, that that begs the question though. It, it, okay, so if Pod Barney has the bite taken out of him, what happened to original Barney? From watching the Invasion of the Body Snatchers movies that this is based off of, like it, the, people become these like dried out husks and just kind of. I mean, there would still be something there. But uh, for the purpose of the story, that is not the case. That doesn't. It just looks like they disappear. Okay. Maybe he ate the husk of Barney. Ooh, payback. Have you ever seen any of the? Uh, I think there's three of them. At least three that I can think of. There's the original one. There's the one from the '70s, and then there was like the early '90s one with Forrest Whitaker. Uh, probably I a have, newer one. But I haven't seen the Forrest Whitaker one. 
the one from the 70s I saw in the 80s was the last time I think I saw it on VHS, okay? <laughs> I've seen parts of the 70s one, and unfortunately I've seen the Forrest Whitaker one a couple times. Yowch. Um, yeah. So, yeah. It looks like they make their way to Moe's. So what is the... Where we see Barney's no longer in his pod, and it's got the certified by Inspector 32 tag on it. That is, I mean, that was a old, tired joke by the mid-90s. I mean, that was a bit of a, I mean, they had to dust that one off. (laughs) I mean, I can remember seeing those, like, in the 70s and the 80s. Like, that was a, like, they had a whole episode of, like, the A-Team where the Murdoch became, like, a clothing inspector, and he was putting those tags everywhere. I mean, it was a, that was a bit of a tired joke by 1997. Oh, jeez. Wow. But, uh, yeah, like you said, they uh, make their way to Moe's where he's no longer selling uh, alcohol. He's selling water. Not just any water. Tepid, <laughs> Tepid water. water. Um, Apparently that's all pod people like is tepid water. Yeah, they don't care about anything, and yet they're, they're supposed to be joyless and soulless. So, uh, yeah, that's all they drink is uh, water. I really like this that with that I don't care about anything – uh, Pod Barney is, he's basically, I mean, he's just a, he, he cares about, I mean, he's basically like a nihilist. I enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh God. They they almost seem emo. Yes. Well, they're, uh, they're trying to convince Homer how great it is to be a pod, uh, person. So they give him his own pod and they give him like a pamphlet and a whole introductory membership kit. Oh my God. They're Jehovah's Witnesses. <laughs> That's a good comparison. <laughs> Come be with us. Join us. Although the, I never saw the JWs give out uh, the foamies. That would be cool. That would be uh, that'd be nice, like a little watchtower foamy. Yeah, it'd be great. You know, like the, your index finger would be the watchtower. Then on the knuckles, you could have everyone burning in flames. Do you think if you break away from the pod people, your pod family shuns you? <laughs> they disfellowship you. Yes. <laughs> Do you think the pod people, like if a pod person is uh, 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 sexually molesting other pod people, that the pod witnesses just cover it up and uh, will not comply with local laws on that as well? Pretty much. I mean, you have the two pod rule after all. Uh, for people who don't know, the Jehovah's Witnesses have the two witness rule, which means basically if two people didn't see it, it didn't happen. That was awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, oh, shit. If any of my, my still Jehovah's Witness family listens to this, ha <laughs> ha! <laughs> Man, that was, that was good. I, uh, I like See? that uh, Chief Wiggum is, uh, he, he, he seems to be quite important among the pod people. Uh, well, yeah, he's got, he's got a uniform on that automatically makes him important, right? Uh, well, he thinks so. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Uh, so the chief pod. So Homer's a bit unconvinced. He like, he says he likes his emotions and, uh. (laughs) Dare say it, Homer's skeptical. Yeah, which is, uh, not normally him, but good for him here. Yeah, uh, normally he's gullible. 
I like they took a little uh, pot shot at Hallmark cards that emotions only lead to bad things like competition, <laughs> jealousy, and Hallmark cards. Yeah, yes. take them down a peg. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll show them. Now they have a whole channel. So yeah, Homer's really unconvinced because they, they, they keep emphasizing you're not going to care about anything. He's like, not even TV or beer or pro wrestling or my family, but it was the wrestling that uh, put it over the top. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, you've got to have standards, man. So he uh, he ends up running away, which I love Barney. Just I don't care if he gets away. He just says he doesn't care. I love it. Every time you look at him, there, you can see more bite marks like taken out of him. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he's just slowly eating himself away. I love that uh, scene where Homer starts to run away. Man, how Mo looks super off model there. He, oh, yeah, he does. He looks way off model. And it looks like Barney's about to take another chunk of himself out. Yeah, he's still, it looks like he's still eating himself. I'm just wondering how he got his neck around to get his bites in the back <laughs> like that. Maybe the uh, pod bones are a little bit more uh, squishy. Yeah, it would, oh, it's also interesting. It looks like Chief, Chief Wiggum's playing some pocket pool there, too. Yes, I, I did not <laughs> notice that. Well, he doesn't care not to do that in public. <laughs> Got it. And uh, this is really uh, this is a, a good scene here where uh, he, when he's trying to get away, he takes the pod they gave him and he smashes Mo on the head, which he, as Mo says, if he had emotions, that would really tick him off. Yeah, and I, I love his uh, Homer's comeback. Ask me if I care, Mister Spock. Which, I mean, not hilarious, but for Homer, that's uh, that's pretty witty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For him, that's witty. I love that uh, on the Moe's Tavern sign, it says uh, below it, not the headquarters of the Space Pie Conspiracy. Yeah. In uh, uh, the windows, it's got water instead of Duff beer. Yes. That's so sad. In the uh, next panel, I love it. Uh, it shows all the things that Homer uh, uh, realizes uh, is in danger if, like, the world uh, is taken over by the pods. It's got Earth. I love it's got his family. It's got donuts. And it's got beers. And it has a muscular, rough-looking gentleman, which I assume is a wrestler. I would say your assumption is most likely correct. And, and you notice in that panel, there's uh, groundskeeper Willie's head on a dog. Do you get the reference? Oh yes, in the in the '70s uh, invasion of the Body Sma- uh, Snatchers movie, there was a dog with a human head. Yeah, it's a homeless guy and his dog uh, fall asleep in an alley, and the because they're talking about sometimes they the pod people make mistakes, and yeah, it uh, it had like absorbed both of them, and uh, yeah, it had made a it had put them together in some freakish body. If uh, you've ever, I know I've talked about it on the show before on the HP uh, Lovecraft Literary Podcast. They've mentioned that several times because one of the hosts saw that movie when he was a little kid and that traumatized him. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so Homer's running home, still has the, uh, the foamy finger, a uh, pod person finger, or uh, we lo- a number one pod person thing on. Uh, he runs by Flanders, and I love he, he, he mentions that he, uh, he was so terrified he for for all the commotion he forgot his car so he runs home and he goes by flanders which it appears that flanders is not a uh pod person yet no no well not not in the sense that matters for this story correct (laughs) i think that's homer's little dig at him yeah oh shut up space bean i'm on to you 
Right. Which I thought that was going to build to something, and that's just kind of the joke itself, that he keeps treating Flanders like a pod when he's not. I was, I'm wondering if maybe they just didn't have the room, if we were going to see a scene where Homer, or where Flanders gets potified, or he, his personality is so like there's anyway, they just that make the decision not, they don't need to potify him. I, I think that is the joke right there is that yeah. his, his demeanor and personality was already so in line with their, uh, their preferences for world domination that one could just automatically assume he was. That's yeah. way subtler than they normally do these. Cause normally these, they hit you in the face with it. So I'm wondering if there's maybe a one, like something that just got cut. Like you said, they, they thought it would stand enough on its own. Right. So, so Homer gets home. And uh, proceeds to tell Marge what's been going on. Which he says that's very hard you know, to believe he's not making any sense. Right. And he runs in and tells the kids to back, pack their bags. And they're like, well, hold on. We're, we're watching this show directed for people like us. Yes. They, you can, they're sitting politely with their hands in their laps. They're, they're not their normal rambunctious selves. Yes. They're downright well-behaved. So they're watching. Sure. They're watching Krusty, and you can tell they're instantly that him and the kids have been like on the show have been potified, even though their eyes aren't doing the weird things that we've been seeing the other pod people do. But yes, Krusty's clearly uh, been potified. Well, yeah, because Krusty's normally like, "Hey, kids," not <laughs> "Hello, kids." <laughs> so uh, they're gonna watch an itchy and scratchy cartoon, and it's itchy and scratchy and post neutered pets. And they're, just, uh, <laughs> and they're just standing together watching uh, paint dry. That's the cartoon. takes up almost the entire page. This is almost like a, a Brian Michael Bendis book. How, uh, um, if, if you've seen how he, his writing style, how decompressed it is, where you'll see a character just, uh, like six panels of a character just not doing anything. And it's just... Uh, just show like, oh, I didn't register what you said, or a sarcastic, I'm not going to react to you, and they'll take up like six panels. Oh, but it, yeah. watching the paint dry takes up three. Yes, this predicted uh, the rise of Brian Michael Bendis. Yeah, this is so pathetic. So Homer uh, 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 points out that that's a ridiculous cartoon, which the kids. Uh, they're giving him warm milk. They're trying to get him to take a nap. Uh, they turn the heat up. Yeah, they're trying to sabotage him. Even little Maggie's in on it. Yes, and then they try to get him to listen to John Tesh. How could they? So yeah. that, again, is a huge artifact from the, uh, from the 90s. And I'm not sure if everybody in our audience has listened to John Tesh before. Don't. Okay, I, I I will stop the John Tesh. <laughs> you put me to sleep. <laughs> so Marge doesn't believe uh, Homer's story, but then he points out how well behaved the kids are, and she notices that yes, they have been they haven't been yelling or fighting, and they've all been polite, courteous, and well mannered. <gasps> Something's wrong. So again, we get she uh, she she figures it out. And so she grab, uh, grabs Homer, and they run from the house to escape. And as they run from the house, they pass by Flanders again. And once again, Homer pretty much uh, 
disses him and tells him he's a pod person. Which Flanders is very confused about. One uh, one thing I think they missed right here, because if you remember in the, the movies when the pod people would discover humans among them, they would do that like high-pitched noise and point. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I thought that would have been a cool scene with the kids if they had done that. Nope, nope. So... Marge and Homer are on the lab, and of course they need to pick up uh, supplies, so where's the most logical place to go? The only place we ever see them shop on uh, The Simpsons, they go to the Quickie Mart. Sweet! And uh, at said Quickie Mart, you've got Otto loading pods into his bus, and random people loading pods into different vehicles, looking like they're getting ready to uh, make an exodus and colonize. Is that Mayor Quimby back in there? That, that is Mayor Quimby. Nice. So yeah, to go. the Quickie Mart has become uh, quite the uh, uh, quite the uh, headquarters for the invasion effort. Yes, it's a it's a pod emporium. So uh, this is where we see a ton of cameos on this page when they go in the Quickie Mart to try to get supplies. We see Chester Lampwick, who uh, was the cr- uh, actual creator of Itchy. Um, that bottom scene, we've got Richard Nixon. Yep. Next to him, we have, I mean, these are just a ton of one-offs. Hollis uh, Holbert, who is the curator of the uh, uh, Jebediah Springfield Museum. We have Belle, who is the, who runs the uh, um, burlesque house. And then John Waters was in an episode of The Simpsons, and that is him right next to her. Huh. Yeah, and then there's a scene of Homer, or not Homer, but Barney putting salt on his arm and eating himself. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Well, uh, so so he and Marge decided to go incognito into the Quickie Mart. Yeah, act, they're trying to act like pod people, which it was working until Homer sees that donuts are on sale. Yeah, and in, in his frenzy of donut excitement he gives himself away which would have been a great time for that high-pitched you know screaming noise exactly and in the back they are doing it they're not making the noise but they are pointing yeah quimby and barney start not uh uh it's wiggum yeah and in the panel where homer's scarfing down all the donuts uh it's my favorite cameo of the issue in the uh it's roy the annoying uh, add-on character from when Homer played uh, Poochie from uh, Itchy and Scratchy and Poochie. Huh. Um, one of the writers is in the background of the lower left panel, the very tall guy. The tall, uh, he appeared in a couple episodes, uh, the very tall man in a very small car, and he's actually modeled after one of the Simpsons writers. I can't remember who. That's funny. So yeah, they realize that uh, Homer, if he cares about the donuts, he can't be one of them because they don't care about things. Right, and uh, yeah, they they pretty much give chase. And which it, it, go oh, ahead, go on. Oh, I was gonna say in the background here we have also a lot of uh, one-off characters. We have Ruth Powers. Uh, we have. Uh, Oh, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, the Don King stand-in. I'll think of it in a second. But one of my favorites, there's Handsome Pete in the background. Uh, the little sailor guy. Oh, God. Um. So, yeah, they're all chasing. They're an angry mob, and they're chasing them out of town. Uh, Homer says he's not going to make it. 
Marge doesn't want to leave him behind. And of course, being Homer, he said, I, I was hoping you would carry me. Of course. So they uh, they find a, an abandoned mine to uh, hide in. Yes, I love it. The Contrivance Brothers coal mine, conveniently abandoned since 1912. <laughs> and nobody will look for us in there. Which he's absolutely right. They look at the mine and they said nobody would hide in there, so they're going to go look for them at the river. All right, so uh, Homer uh, and Marge kind of hide out there, and Homer decides he's going to see if the coast is clear. So he leaves, uh, and he uh, he sees that the, the coast is clear, and when he comes back... Comes back, and Marge is now a pod person, and so is her hair. Yes, there's two different pods, one for Marge and for one for, for her hair. Yeah, I like the way they labeled them, pod one of two. <laughs> yes, quite funny. Uh, or Homer. I love, so she starts screaming, he's here, the human's here, get him. And I love Homer's just mad. Well, thanks a lot, Marge. Thanks for nothing as he's running away. <laughs> this is probably my favorite part uh, of the whole freaking uh, 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 book is uh, as Homer's running away, he uh, he comes alongside uh, another person that's running away by the name of uh, Pete Benson from Shelbyville. Yes. And uh, he says he's he's being uh, chased by a plague of zombies, and you ask Homer what he's running from. And yeah, Homer says he's fleeing from the tyranny of a space pod conspiracy. Well, uh, so Pete says it's nice meeting you. Uh, this is his turn off, so he's going to a deserted shopping mall. So <sighs> I assume isn't that, that the whole premise of the game? Oh, there's Dead Rising. There you go, Dead Rising. The uh, um. It's not Night of the Living Dead. It's uh, uh, Dawn of the Dead, where uh, it takes place with survivors in a shopping mall. So I assume uh, that, so. That's what that's a reference to. But I was wondering if Pete Benson was a specific reference to somebody, and I don't believe that he is. There's actually a wiki for the comics, and he, it's the only entry for him. But yeah, I, I searched around because I was wondering if maybe he was a character from that movie or whatnot. But I, I don't believe that he is. Yep. And poor Homer on the run, you know, as he's doing his little voiceover narration, he's recalling how he wished he was being chased by dead people because they were slow. Yeah, the pod people don't seem too fast either. They don't care enough to run is what it seems like. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so he runs on the freeway and he runs in the middle of traffic and he's trying to get people to listen to his story. And Chief Wiggum says, you know, don't worry. Who's going to believe his crazy space alien story anyway? And right. we get the all, all the trucks that uh, stop. It's the Crackpot Journalist Convention 97. They have stickers like, I believe in Bigfoot. The truth is out there. So it's a bunch of conspiracy nuts. Which, conspiracy nuts in the 90s believed in Bigfoot and aliens and those sorts of government uh, cover-ups. The crackpots today believe that the Jews uh, control the world economy and that there's Nazi bases in the uh, in the Antarctic. And but again, that Jews are still somehow the bad guys. So it's yeah. a little bit different. These were yeah, they believe in lizard people these days too. Well, that's true. That that hasn't gone out of style. But the uh, the Alex Jones breed of crackpots has uh, has not risen yet. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, such an enlightened time. So these guys will definitely listen to Homer's uh, story. So they all get out and they start recording and listening to him. And then Otto 
man fucking hits Homer and bounces him off another car. And then they start giving free pods away to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so as they're giving away the free pods, Homer gets arrested and thrown into the back of a squad car, which takes us back to the insane asylum. I love the sign in the background. Lobotomy is job one. It's their only job there, I guess. Yeah, And when they were drilling the hole in his head, they were in the beginning... You don't lobotomize somebody in the back of the head, like in the midbrain. You're, 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 I, I, yeah. I'm a little rusty on my lobotomizing, but I believe you're doing it in the frontal cortex, which right. is the front. I, yeah. Um, I love that he's eating beer nuts out of the can, even though he's in a straitjacket, so he's just shoving his face in there. Just the way to do it. You know what? If your hands are restrained, how else can you? So, uh... Dr. Marvin Monroe doesn't believe him, but he's going to exploit him to, to the fullest to make a lucrative book deal. Um, however, then a bunch of officers come in and they have all, they found all these funny pods on the highway. And then they've arrested Barney, who claims to be a, a space pod. And you see that he has eaten the shit out of himself and he's got little gray or green bite marks everywhere. Yeah, it's, like, it's oozing out of him. So Homer asks if they, uh, if the authorities believe, or do you believe me now, you jaded authority figures? And I believe that cop is eating a turd. I don't know what it's supposed to be. That that absolutely <laughs> looks like fucking a turd. Look like giant turd. Uh, Maybe it's supposed to be some sort of crawler, you know, because they're eating donuts. I don't know, but that totally. I've never seen anything that looks more like a turd in a comic book than what he's eating. Yeah, yeah. Well, the cops don't believe him. Monroe does, and then. What a twist. Yes, because he says, I believe you, because we uh, Venusians have been here for decades infiltrating your world. If the pod people are on Earth, we're ready for them. And he takes off. I don't know what that little thing is called that doctors wear. It's like the little shiny mirror on the top of their head. Yeah, he takes reflector thing. Yeah, he takes that off and he has a third eye. So that's a very specific reference. Yeah. That's from the uh, Twilight Zone episode, Will the Real Martian Please Stand Up? Which is one of my favorite Twilight Zone episodes. It's They believe there's a, a bus comes into this town and it has one extra person. And uh, they believe it's an alien from space. And uh, it's a bunch of paranoia of these people trying to figure out. They're snowed in at a bus station trying to figure out who the alien is. It's quite fun. <laughs> So uh, after he makes his big reveal, one of the officers makes their big reveal, and it turns out that uh, there one of the officers is actually two Martians stacked on top of each other. Yeah, I love that gag. Yeah, it's just in a person suit. Yes, very Men in Black. Yes, and they have long prepared for uh, the Venusians' puny efforts, and Earth will be theirs. But then it's uh, they're too late because then one of the other officers. His skin comes off, and he's a metallic robot, and he says, I'm in reality a robot ghost clone sent from the future to shoot everybody. Twice. <laughs> and then, <laughs> uh, groundskeeper Willie comes running in, and he says, <laughs> uh, Homer's like, now hold on, we're being invaded by pods, only pods, and Willie comes in, he's like, nay, not three pods, giant, I don't even know what the Fuck Blank mages. 
flank mages from outer space. They're turning everyone into Scotsmen. And you see everybody is now a Scotsman, which Willie's looking pretty good because four pages ago he had a dog body. (laughs) Exactly. He seems to do it well. I love even the Martian and the uh, or the uh, yeah the little Martian and the uh, ghost robot are just a Scotsman now. All right, and then in comes uh, uh, I guess it's Charlton Heston. It is Charlton Heston, and it's not the pods, you idiot, you maniacs. It's the apes. <laughs> yes, the apes have inherited the earth. So then we get uh, Teddy Roosevelt in a straight jacket saying it's the government. We get the bride, Marge the Bride of Frankenstein saying it's a twisted alien experiment. Um, Is we, that Doc Brown? It definitely looks like Doc Brown saying, no, we all died and this is hell. My tablet turned off. Uh, we have an ape from Planet of the Apes in a straight jacket saying it's to serve man. It's a cookbook, again, from a Twilight Zone episode. And then, for some reason, we have Dracula saying Duff Beer is made out of people, which is a, a reference. Soylent Green. Yes, yeah, so I have no idea why it's Dracula. I mean, I guess you couldn't have Charlton Heston twice, because he was the guy in uh, Planet of the Apes, Tyler, and then he was also the guy in uh, Soylent Green. Oh, uh, yeah. And then, even more twisted. Yeah, Sideshow Bob, in a Deadpool-esque moment, reveals that none of this is real, that the real conspiracy is that they're all pen and ink creations trapped in a juvenile comic book, that when the cover closes, they'll cease to exist, and then they all laugh because that's too crazy, but then he points out that they're in a panel, and he points out the panel next to them, and Homer's like, he can see himself in both panels, and he flicks, flips out. And everyone flips out. Yes, we see one of the zombies from uh, the chasing uh, the guy earlier. I mean, it just it's uh, everybody going crazy. And so Homer wonders, now that when we close the book, if he doesn't exist, does that mean he can't eat donuts? The end. Yes. Or is it? Because we get a quick one uh, at the end of this issue called Fatal Reception. Bum, bum, bum. So. Yeah. Homer has quite the racket here. The kids come back from Halloween, uh, Halloween night with bags full of candy. Okay, hold the phone. Do not be giving this freaking tip and trick away because this is what I do to my kids. <laughs> I don't think you, you do it in the same way. Not quite. But yes. I, 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 I do skim some off the top of their halls. Yeah. It's, it's only fair. You have to pay, pay your, you have to tithe. Yeah, exactly. They got to tithe. They got to pay the toll. So Bart is dressed as the Riddler. Maggie is Snow White. And uh, Lisa, in the least sensitive costume, is a Native American. Oh, you uh, you broke up a little bit. Say that again. I, I said I think she might be going for Pocahontas, but I could be wrong. Yeah, it could be a pro- Pocahontas or a generic, like say, uh, Native American. But y- y- you would think Lisa of all of them would be the most uh, you know mind uh, mindful of. Uh, appropriating uh, somebody's culture for a costume. But again, this was 1997. So. Yeah, at least she's not wearing blackface like everyone else was back in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> so Homer says that it's a time-honored tradition that in the olden days, village peasants would give half their candy harvest on All Hallows' Eve to the mighty king or else he'd destroy them with his army of zombies. 
So Lisa grumbles and says, this is a pretty convenient legend if you ask me. I don't think Lisa would uh, fall for that. No, I think Lisa would be a little more aware of history than, than that. Yes. Or maybe she just realizes what the gig is. Maybe that's it. So now Homer's got his big bowl of candy, and he's turning on the TV. As one is wont to do on Halloween night. Yes. And so he sees a donut, and then he sees somebody destroying it with an axe, and he changes As the channel. Yeah. one is wont to do. And he sees Colonel Krusty's large fried chicken. Yep, and when the box opens, it's nothing but bones. It's, this is all pretty traumatic for poor Homer. Yeah, he starts to curl up uh, uh, in the fetal position. So Marge calls a repairman. Uh, and then we see somebody pouring Duff beer down the sink, and that's too much for Homer. Yeah, way too much for Homer. He just comes unglued. So Dr. Frink shows up, and he goes to repair the TV, but he sees... Oh, we get a, a WB joke, which again would have been very topical in 1997. <laughs> yeah. So he's tracing the signal, and that's when he see that he calls Homer, and he deduces that the signal's coming from inside the house. The show is coming from inside the house. No. And that's enough. You know, Homer runs away screaming, and we see it was the kids. They have a video camera, and they did this to get him to leave so they could take back their candy. Ah, revenge. I think Lisa was pretty quick on the uptake on that one. Agreed. And that concludes The Treehouse of Terror, number three. Yeah, so what did you think? Uh, the uh, immigration of the body snatchers was pretty entertaining. Uh, the other one, uh, eh, not so much. The, the la- yeah, the, this little mini story at the end reminded me of this stuff that we got the last two years, so not good. Exactly. Not the best work for, uh, from Bongo Comics on that one. Agreed. But the, the one story uh, I think was uh, good enough to be on a Treehouse of Horror. <laughs> not, to be, uh, not to be a good one, necessarily, but one that would have been good enough to be on the show. Yeah, yeah, I think they could have definitely uh, made that show worthy if they had put a little bit more effort into it, but eh, I guess it just got, oh gosh, I, holy shit, uh, I guess that one was just, well, yeah, written by someone else, so yes. whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, this was uh, this is the first year that we haven't uh, bitched the whole way through about how Oh my god. Are. I know, I know. It's it's actually refreshing because this one, granted, we did blow through it, but we blew through it mostly because we liked it. Yeah. No, this was yeah. a good one. Yeah, this was a good one. All the cameos was, were well done. All the uh, the characters felt like the characters from the show. Uh, and, and definitely there was a lot of attention de- to detail about who they placed in, within it and and. They did a pretty extensive roll call of uh, little-known and rarely-seen characters throughout the whole book. Agreed. And like you said, a lot of little Easter eggs, a lot of little callbacks to other horror uh, horror uh, properties. Yeah, yeah. And I loved, all, I loved all the little background humor. Anything that makes me kind of look at it twice and, and have to zoom in so I could read some of the, the stuff they hide in the background, I kind of enjoy. Yeah, this one was really good. Well, especially in comparison to what we've gotten. 
Well, what we had gotten before was basically a freaking dumpster fire of shit. So. Yes, a burning dumpster of fucking dirty diapers. <laughs> uh, I would describe that as unwarranted. <laughs> this is how I define unwarranted. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, this was a very well-warranted uh, Halloween issue. I, I, I 100% dug it. I'm glad we came back on a positive note. Yeah, and uh two weeks everybody, you'll uh you'll have a uh, a new uh new episode uh, as well. We're we're back. We're on a schedule. Where we've uh, tightened our belts. We're uh we're buckling down. That's right. We're going to get this shit done. So, if we're putting in this hard work, if we're buckling down, I expect you listeners to buckle down too. Um again, so if Kill Raven wasn't necessarily your thing, if Amazing Adventures wasn't floating your boat, uh, we've, we're doing Star Trek again. We got some Punisher coming up, but yeah, we uh, we want the audience to grow, and we want to hear more from you guys. So I know I, I see how many of you you guys fucking listen to this show. I want more emails. Email me, email Cruz at comicbookdungeonpodcast at gmail dot com. That's right. Or where else can they find you? Uh, I am on uh, Twitter, which, I mean, I, I post once every six months. But if I get notifications, I will respond back. But, uh, yeah, I'm at Broken LMD, and that's uh, Broken Life Model Decoy. But, yeah, Broken LMD uh, at Twitter. And where are you at? Uh, I'm on the Instagrams, uh, Comic Book Dungeon Podcast on Instagram. And, yes, I still see all the notifications, and I I will add something to the page probably this weekend i'm gonna save this weekend so i can hold myself to it uh i hate to do this to you what (laughs) um i had forgotten about this but re-listening to the episodes there was a lot of talk about a kill raven map okay yes (laughs) and you know what i i've 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 I remember it, and I, 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 you know, I'm gonna do it. I am. I'm gonna do it. I'm going to, you know, what? I'm gonna get on Google Maps and I'm gonna make a a Kill Raven themed uh, checkpoint list of all the places he's gone, and then on top of that, I'm going to route it with the walking uh, <laughs> router. I know Google has driving, bike, and uh, walking. Do they have Serpent Stallion as well? Uh, I don't know if they have Serpent Stallion. You know, maybe if we put it uh, uh, as biking, that would be semi-comparable. Maybe. Well, no, because Old Skull's still walking, so I think you're right. No, Old Skull's riding bitch behind Kilroy. That's right. They are are (laughs) nut to butt because they are comfortable with each other and themselves. Exactly. They're secure in their relationships yes. and their masculinity. <laughs> oh, man. Listening to the uh, Marvel team-up was super fun because I had forgotten how out of character they uh, they were, that Killraven was very thoughtful and philosophical, and Spider-Man was just a uh, murdering sociopath. <laughs> and that when the... Uh, Green, he pulls the Green Goblin's mask off, and it's Mary Jane, and he's just wailing on her. Holy! I haven't, I haven't re-listened to that one just yet. Oh, oh man, it was, it was completely out of character. Wow! wow. Enjoyable. Uh, I am. I 
think that's the next one on my playlist. So I'm I'm sure by uh, by Tuesday I'll have listened to the whole thing. And if you guys are just tuning in, because I know when I, I put the episodes up, I, I tweet something out and uh, I, I hashtag it like Simpsons and Halloween. So we usually get a lot more attention on these. If you want to know what we're talking about, the majority of the books that we covered, it's a series from Marvel. It's Amazing Adventures. And it, the main character is this guy, Kill Raven, who in the future world of 2019, um, Martian uh, had conquered Earth. And Killraven and Meshula have escaped from their gladiatorial pens and are fighting uh, fighting for freedom to uh, overthrow our Martian overlords. And pretty cool for a 70s Marvel comic approved by the Comics the, uh, Authority, uh, the Martians eat babies, human babies. Yes, it's a, it's a delicacy for them. Yes. So, I mean, it's, re- it's real out there. And again, he's not like super forgotten. He has cameos every once in a while. But yeah, if you want to know what we're talking about and uh, catch up with this uh, kind of semi-forgotten Marvel uh, uh, legacy here, this, these these Marvel characters, tune into some of our other shows. Tune into our Punisher uh, shows. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff. Uh, yep. And again, we got Star Trek, we got Godzilla, we got a lot of good shit coming up. And yep. if you have suggestions, comicbookdungeonpodcast at gmail.com. I know you guys are out there. Let's get some feedback. Please, feedback validate our existence yeah <laughs> some more reviews even bad ones <laughs> I, I'd, I'd appreciate a bad one i'm actually surprised with as much uh political shit we talk on this show that we haven't gotten a uh, a bad oh, review on that God. even tell me about it when we made fun of alex jones and that uh uh, Kill Raven <laughs> issue where they had to fight the giant like uh, slime monster, and I tweeted at him about it. I'm surprised they didn't follow the links back and give us a bad review. Oh man, that'd been great. Man, that's a dude who totally lost his relevancy. Finally, Ugh, couldn't have happened soon enough. No, just need Rush Limbaugh to go down. <sighs> one by one. Yeah. Hopefully there will be a, rena- a renaissance of people actually being aware of what the fuck is going on around them. Hopefully. Hopefully when we get uh, President Warren, shit will start to turn around. Yeah. Yeah. I think Warren's more like a Bernie 2.0. Yes. But given the fact that Bernie's been in and out of uh, in the hospital, it's... Uh... I, I think his vitality is going to be called into question next year. Oh, it already was before the heart attack. Well, yeah, but you know he always could back it up with a pretty damn good bill of health. I don't think he's going to get one. Not this time. So, yay. Yay, Warren. Go, Warren. We're on record as being a very pro-Elizabeth Warren podcast. Yeah, we're on record as being pretty damn freaking liberal. This is true. Um, again, send us emails. Send us reviews. I've yeah. asked a ton of listener questions. If you have an old question that you've answered, I'll still read it on the air. You guys email us. I'll read that shit on the air. Absolutely. And remember, true believers, keep turning them pages. And remember... I'm sorry, but you were far too fat and fudgy for my tiny tyke habit trail. Good night, everybody. (laughs) Oh, man.
we uh, we got to the end and I realized I forgot a uh, stupid little sign out. So pull that one out of my uh, tiny tight cap trail. That, that's a good one to pull out of your hat. Um, I, I I had another one. Um, oh God, I got I got to look it back up. I was I was actually having a conversation with one of the guys in my my Destiny Two clan. And Welcome to my breakdown. I hope I didn't scare you. That's just the way we are when we come down. We sweat and laugh and scream here. Cause life is just a dream.